play. I know it makes sense thematically in this series about a a hard-nosed, grizzled veteran getting to the end of his life and realizing that he's never uh, felt the loving caress of a woman for a very long time. But was it really necessary to make the new Borg ships look like vaginas? Was that was that was that something that was required to make a thematic connection to the love that Jean Luc Picard cannot feel at this point? Am I alone? I, I didn't see anyone talk about this, and all I, I saw was vagina when that thing came in. It came in hard. I, I did. I did also notice that. Okay. But I mean, it makes it makes sense, doesn't it? Because I mean, you've got the th- all the Borg ships we've seen are the three founding uh, you know foundational building blocks of of ge- geometry which are <laughs> cubes spheres and vaginas right the cube is the most stable shape and the vagina is the most unstable uh thing in, alex, the, in human history and that's what alex <laughs> alex this is sir patrick i have two requests for season two <laughs> one can we have my housekeeper just be so horny for me <laughs> And two, I have some notes on the ship. (laughs) Sounds about right. Hey, patrons, welcome to our what's going to be fun coverage, it seems like, of Star Trek Picard (laughs) Season 2. I'm excited. I uh, just wanted to take a moment to seriously thank everybody for supporting the show. You guys are the greatest listeners, and so we felt that it was appropriate to cover Picard for you. And here it is. So... Clay, first, how are you? Things mm-hmm. going well? I'm good. I'm good. I was uh, I was looking for I was looking forward to getting into this. Um, <clears throat> I think I need to just like recalibrate myself for modern Star Trek because we haven't watched it in quite a while. Yeah, I have some questions I wanted to ask whether or not this is indicative of the show or if it's just modern Star Trek or if it's indicative of the episode itself. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and just like visually, it's it's a. Uh, it's very different from the stuff we've been watching lately. Obviously, we've been doing Voyager and uh, um, Enterprise most recently, but uh, yeah, it's just it's a it's a. I mean, it's mo- it's modern. It's a very modern looking show, which it takes a minute to get used to because Star Trek is everything we've been watching has been from the twenty five years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the blurry, the blurry edge uh, that you get crystal like I. I notice it mostly strangely in stuff like the subspace anomaly that they look at at the start. Mm-hmm. It, it looks mm-hmm. so distinct in a way that like, I actually think I prefer the older look where it was slightly like, there's like a blurriness that makes it feel like it's a part of the universe. The The new mm. special effects make it feel like this is Adobe After Effects. You know, right. you're looking yeah. at After Effects right now and I never get a sense from that, but that's not really a problem with the episode it's just it ties into what you were saying about the way the thing looks at this point yeah yeah and you know the lighting is obviously different and everything is very sleek um which is not i mean these are not negative things and obviously it's the future so right things should look that way it's just uh yeah it's just different um and it just takes a minute to recalibrate uh watching watching the new stuff you know where i think it's worse actually is that I think in the scenes where they like the scene where they're at Starfleet Academy in this opening episode, Stargazer. Let me give the the info for this one actually to get that out of the way. It's Star the Stargazer is the first episode of the second season of Star Trek Picard. Came out on March third, twenty twenty two. Story credit goes to Akiva Goldsman and Terry Metalis. Directed by Doug Arinokoski in University State is twenty four oh one. This is the first Star Trek episode to take place in the twenty fifth century. In this episode. 
Starfleet must once again call on the legendary Jean-Luc Picard after members of his former crew, Cristobal Rios, Seven of Nine, Rafi Musiker, and Dr. Agnes Girardi, discover an anomaly in space that threatens the galaxy. Not a great log line, but I'm happy that it reminded me of everyone's full name because I could not remember their names for the life of me. Um, I think just quickly, I think that the worst, the the mo- the weakness of modern filming, I think, shows up in scenes like the Starfleet Academy graduation scene, where it's Picard and Elnor just doing a back and forth like two shot conversation, and yeah. it looks like shit. It looks terrible. Like it, it looks so cheap. You know what I mean? Like they don't have. There is no larger set that they can use to establish where they're standing or anything like that. So it's right. just this back and forth, uh, like shot, reaction shot. And it, it looks like a student film, I think, sometimes. Like it, like it looks nice, but the, the editing and the uh, techniques they're using are just really subpar. And I'm not going to say that like Voyager uses Academy Award winning cinematography, but I at least feel like you have a sense of a place in every Voyager shot. Like I mm. understand where the characters are standing. I only noticed that in sort of one-off scenes of the new series, like the Starfleet Academy, where they clearly don't have a set for it that they've designed or anything like that. They're just in a hallway or something. Yeah, uh, they put up some uh, technical drawings. Right, some glass shit in the background or whatever, but that's about it. That's my only point. I don't have much to say about the way that it looks, really. Yeah, I, I think overall, I like it. Um the visuals. I uh, oddly enough, I wonder if I was wondering if they were doing kind of a um, uh, Star Trek Generations thing with the costumes, <clears throat> in that the general uh, Starfleet uniforms seemed to be a little bit different than the ones the cadets wore, mm. and I actually preferred the design of the cadets one a little bit because it was it was the same kind of classic black body and colored colored uh, shoulder piece. But it had like a little bit more angular, more of like an angular shape where the black goes up over where the uh, the delta pin goes. Right. <clears throat> and I was wondering if they were going to make all of them look like that eventually or what. But I think it was just what the what the uh, cadets were wearing. But, yeah. Um, I did. I mean, you know, not to not to keep harping on the costumes and stuff on these shows that we watch, but like even this this felt more like Star Trek to me seeing people walking around in Star Trek uniforms <laughs> going on to Star Trek ships, you know, <laughs> it really goes a long way, at least for me. Would you, um, I have, I have a lot of larger questions. I'm not sure how interested I am in talking about the specifics of this episode. So maybe we just get mm-hmm. that out of the way quick in terms of like, what did you think about this one? Um, I liked it. I, I think the setup at the end of it is interesting. Um, I'm curious to see where the story goes, what's going on. Uh, it, it, I, I'm really on the fence as whether or not they could have done it faster. Uh, because really? this episode is kind of mostly just hanging around, check catch catching up with people, mm-hmm, sure. which is not which is not a bad thing per se, but. Um, I, I'm I'm on the fence because like I I think you could argue that you could get to the <clears throat> get to the goods a little bit quicker. However, the stuff that they're talking about is on theme in a way that sometimes these shows tend not to be. Yep. Um. So I guess it's really dealer's choice on that one. Uh. But as far as like the first episode goes to get you back into Picard, I actually 
I actually thought it was pretty pretty enjoyable, um, except for the fact that holy hell, Patrick Stewart is old. He's old, isn't he? <clears throat> he is d- distracting. Old. Yep. It's yes, it is distracting, and I and I feel really bad saying that, but it's just it's it's really coming across through this one. Um, in a way that I, you know, hopefully I get used to it, but it's, it is, yeah, it's, it's a little tough. But. It's, it's hard because it, it thematically matches what they're trying to talk about, right? Like he's right, at the end right. of his life. So you're like, he should be old. I have a problem in that whenever he tries to sound commanding, it sounds like a nursing, nursing home person, like asking yes. for an extra glass of water. And it's like yes. so yeah. feeble that you're just like, I wouldn't say I feel bad for him, but it, it's hard to, he's no longer the Picard of the show in any kind of physical way, you know? Right. Right. Which I mean, you know, they're not trying to say that he, you know, they're not trying to, uh, you know, give Bruce Willis hair to coin a phrase. Sure. Um, they're giving Delancey some, uh, ink in the hair, I think is the way that they're going. Yeah. I I thought he looked great. He looked a lot better (laughs) than I thought he would. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think fortunately the story they're telling, uh, doesn't require them to, try and push him back towards his prime at all um except for but the, it sex, is, the sex angle yeah. yeah well i mean once once we get there yeah i mean he's gonna we're gonna see it and he's gotta he's gotta show up on that day yep yep that would i would agree this is this is paramount plus baby they're not <laughs> i got the premiums here for a reason yeah, i know <laughs> i i will we'll talk about all that stuff out my briefest of opinions is that i thought this was fine really yeah i people people who are more familiar with the modern track who have been watching discovery on the discord and stuff are like oh my god since like you know this is better than anything discovery's done recently probably maybe the best star trek new modern star trek episode that's shown up and i haven't been watching discovery and i feel like i've been away from modern trek for a very long time where coming into it a while i so my my question at the start is I have a hard time determining whether or not because I've been away from it I can fault the tropes of modern tracker at play here or if it's the fact that this feels very much like a rebooted pilot in a lot of ways where it's mm. extremely clunky and extremely expositiony for yeah. people that I feel like we just met and I still appreciated and needed reminders about where everyone is supposed to be at this point and what's going on. Right, right. But they, the way that they catch you up on everyone is extremely like clumsy writing wise. Mm. It's just people walk in and just go, well, I've been, I got in a fight with Raffi and we broke up and now things are tense between us and I hope I don't run into her. And it's like, and, and then, you know, Picard meets seven of nine. There's a lot of exposition about the Borg and stuff like that. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of exposition about, um, the the uh the Romulan from the first season, the male, has died, which now allows Picard to have sex with Laris, I guess is the outcome. <laughs> I thought I didn't think they were lovers. I thought they were brother and sister, those two. Honestly, didn't I don't even remember. Okay. I know there were two of them. And when <laughs> one's gone. I, one's gone and when he starts talking about it, I was like, Oh, I guess they were together. I I, I guess didn't really <laughs> also not only not only is he now conveniently absent, they've written this new <laughs> Romulan mating thing in where it's like, <laughs> we love forever, 
But if we get to love again, we love even harder it's, the second time. <laughs> it's the opposite of a Star is Born story. It's, it's probably some tragedy of Javon yeah, hung we, himself we, in the garage. By our culture, I owe it to my dead husband to just drown you. It's, <laughs> is she just a painting uh, like uh, just murals of Borg ships all over the house? Yeah. And, yeah, I my 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 last thing about like on a technical level, I thought this was okay, but incredibly clumsy in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that a, a way to tie it into like thematically what I thought overall is that there is this constant struggle with this show to be its own thing, but also just fill you with member berry juice the entire time sure. that you're watching sure. it. And I thought what a perfect representation of that was was I see I see that battle happening in the two guest star appearances they had here. They had Whoopi come back as Guinan and they had Delancey mm-hmm. come back as Q. Mm-hmm. I thought Guinan and Picard, their scene felt like Stuart and Whoopi Goldberg playing cosplay in a bar <laughs> for five minutes. But Delancey yeah. came in and I thought he felt like Q at that time. Like I, yeah. when he appeared, I was like, Delancey actually remembers what it is to be that character in this show in a way that the other characters I don't think ever really do. I think Picard and Stuart are too old and Whoopi Goldberg is too old and she looks like she's five like five Guinans at this point and it's incredibly oh. distracting. Well, I, I, I just think that it's like, so because she's getting older and she's heavier, the show has to go out of its way to make up this reason that she looks that way. And it's like, I wish mm-hmm. she just didn't mention this stuff. She says that Elorians can age fast if they want to or something like that. And also, don't yeah. feel bad for her, Clay. She's a, like a Nazi sympathizer at this point. So I, I just, I noticed that battle waging out constantly in the show. And I thought it was really exemplified by those two appearances between those two characters. Yeah. the um, <clears throat> I was kind of surprised. I mean, I'm, sh- well... I guess she probably will show up again at some point, but I was kind of surprised that the Guinan scene was just there to talk about Picard's love life. Yes. <clears throat> Did you feel um, she felt I, like Guinan to you? Not, not really. No, I, I, I didn't think she it's felt one like of those Guinan. things where like it, my distance from that character <clears throat> at this point is probably similar to, to her distance from that character yeah. at this point, yep. except that, you know, she can always go back and remember how to do it. Um, so I, I, I honestly didn't really have that much of a, a, a shock over it. But that being said, like there was something missing. Like it did saying that they were in cosplay does seem kind of accurate because there was just something missing about, about the portrayal, I think. Neither, I don't think either of those characters feel like they're even evolved versions of what they were previously because Guinan to me felt like more like it was just Whoopi and it had lost mm-hmm. that sort of Guinan mystique to her. And yeah. I don't think the script did her any favors because I don't think her lines were written in a very Guinan-y kind of way. It was written more like it's just Whoopi and Stuart hanging out talking about their past career, you know, and... Drinking hooch. Drinking hooch. And... I, I took her line about like let's explore the final frontier to mean let's have sex really like yeah. it was this weird <laughs> there was this weird tone to it that I, I didn't 
I didn't think was right. And I just, I know that Delancey's appearance is much more brief and it's only like three lines, but he, he felt right to me. He felt like yeah. Q and I appreciated that. And I think that the show is just having, having some real trouble uh, because I'll ask you like, I guess the I guess a question I have for you is let's assume that I absorb this show as part of the Picard character, right? So I, I like fully <laughs> embrace the show as the end of this character's life because I assume he's going to die at the end of this series. And mm. this is taken with his entirety of the TNG era in the movies this is another chapter in that life and I'm going to accept that and I'm going to bring all that in and I'm going to see this holistic view of this character. That's very big of you. My, my problem is, and this is not a fault of the show, but it's something that I think about while I'm watching it, is that the themes that they're going to go through here, which is that Picard is at the end of his life and realizing that he kind of never had a love, uh, his relationships were kind of fraught, he never really built these kind of lasting relationships or love life that he would have wanted to by the end of it. That's okay. But what it does to me is it makes me wonder if I go back to TNG, am I going to see a man wasting his life? And is is that the way that I want hmm. to is that the thing that I want to take away from this? Because to me the TNG Picard was a artificial paragon of virtue, right? That his the reason he didn't have relationships and feel anything like that was because he was as a character molded in this like perfect renaissance man thing where he was all about mm-hmm. duty and honor and stuff like that if this show and its attempt to flesh him out as a real human and to take away that sort of artificial star trek tng thing from him mm-hmm. it makes me look back and go is his life in tng a tragedy at this point because he's not happy in those moments does that make sense yeah i <clears throat> excuse me i don't know if those things need to be mutually exclusive though because I, I think he can be a different person after his time in Starfleet and the, and he can be a different person between the person he was in Starfleet and the person he is after he retires. I mean, he can, he can be about different things without having to look back on the things that he has done and feel bad about it or feel like he <clears throat> wasted his life or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I, it's, you know, I, I, I think it's – I think one of the things that might be on their minds with the story that they're telling is the idea of, like, shifting priorities and stuff, where it's like, is – are the stars still the thing that he cares about the most, or is he now thinking about something else? Is it time to leave that stuff behind? I don't know. I, I don't think – I don't think they – you have to look back and and, and think that he's – just miserable the entire time. Well, I'm, but the, the setup of this, this whole thing is that he's regretful and going through a sort of therapy that he was never open enough in his past about mm-hmm. it, right? So it's like this... Um, I think that the the way that this is retrospectively going back and looking at that and they're sort of having conversations with Guinan about it, and I imagine they're going to have more conversations moving forward. I don't think mm-hmm. that they're going to say that he is an unhappy person during that period. But what it what it's doing is that it's kind of thematically undermining what I think makes Picard as a character of TNG interesting. And that it's like this this attempt to 
romanticize him is actually not what the strength of the character was from the show because the character of the show is almost not human in a way. And right, right. I, I think it's it's this. It's pro. It's probably just an aspect of the modern Trek stuff is trying to go for the emotional. Like it, it's this. These series seems to prefer the emotional over any kind of um, mm-hmm. allegory or hard boiled sci fi type stuff. And in a way that seeing Stuart age and become more feeble in his old age, it's similarly affecting the character by the way that they're choosing what he's thinking about at this point. And well. Go ahead. I guess though, is there not room for the character to change since TNG? I think there is. I, I think that my problem there is that um I think Laris is a good example of that. Like Laris to me feels that he she is the romantic interest just because she's the only female character around that we know and he can attach himself to. So Sure. I, I think that I think that I'm, we're starting off in this place where I can understand that things have changed and stuff has gone on. But even in the first season, I don't think there was a real focus on where he, how he got to that point, which is maybe more interesting than being there now. Maybe I don't know if that makes sense. Maybe the the second season could change my mind about it. But that's how I feel, I suppose. Yeah, I I don't know, um, <clears throat> because I I think the tough thing is how do you. Like I, I think I think the problem when you're look when we're looking at this show and saying that oh this doesn't feel like Patrick Stewart playing Picard, I think that is because they are trying to humanize him and make him more um, uh, personable and and just more than just the captain of the Enterprise, and I think maybe there is a middle ground there where they can maintain elements of the previous character and just sort of expand them with what they're doing now in a way that I, I I don't feel like they really have because it does kind of feel like it's kind of a different character. Um, I I just think he's too sad. I think like, I I think he can't be this sad for that kind of what you're, what you're saying to come across because Picard of the show never felt so sad. I can deal with a little sadness. Maybe the, like the relationship could be enough, but he doesn't. And I don't know if it's the performance or something, but he doesn't command the bridge the way that I would mm-hmm. expect him to, and then have this sort of relationship drama. Yeah, see, on the that's edge. that's that's the thing, right? It's like in order for that stuff to really land, it has to be a contrast with the Picard that you know. And we never really get the Picard that we that we know. Like when he when he shows up to the Stargazer and is on the bridge, it's not like he clicks back into Picard or anything. You know what I mean? Right. It's not like he clicks back into TNG Picard, where you're like, okay, this is this is he's going back to the thing that he knows. This is the his the environment that he's comfortable with, which contrasts with him the the older. Which you know they they play it. Uh, probably the nicest little bit of non of nonverbal exposition or character uh, showing character in the episode is when uh, uh, the uh, admiral or whoever shows up to him and to his place plays him the voicemail from the Borg, 
and then he fucks off right as mm-hmm. Laris is coming home, and he's just like doesn't even stop. Like he, yes. he probably knows she's coming in the house. Like she, you know, you can hear when someone's pulled up and like they're getting ready. To, he just leaves. He doesn't say bye. He doesn't leave a note. He doesn't do anything. Right, and he's clearly running from this new version of himself. Yeah, and Good I point. think that element's really nice, but I don't feel like you get that contrast when he is back quote unquote in his element that he is trying to um uh, uh regain that 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 place that he that he feels like he he needs to be in or anything like right. that his comfort zone so I, yeah so i think maybe that is what is a little bit shaky about this cuz like that's sort of like looking back on your life and regretting stuff i i you could have had you could have spent you know 70 some on years or how many how many however many years he was in starfleet doing the you're doing everything you thought you wanted and you're still 20 years later when you're by yourself and you're kind of towards the end of your life you're going to regret some shit yes like it's that stuff i i don't think i don't think you need to change your opinion of t and g picard because the feelings and thoughts he's having now are things that just naturally occur occur later in life anyway like after after your glory days are over that's when this stuff starts to you start to think about things that you've done or in his case or in many people's case things you haven't done mm-hmm. and i i think i i think it's i think there is room for both of those things to coexist i wish they would give us a little bit more of that contrast with the character though but it's tough because he is you know he's he's not bad like he's still Patrick Stewart, the yeah. guy could could sleepwalk his way through a Star Trek episode, but he doesn't. They're not really, it, at least in this episode, they're not really giving him much to do. Yeah, I think Rios and, gives him permission to do a command on the bridge, which is interesting. You know, it's like he doesn't mm-hmm. snap back into. I tell people what to do. This is my job. Right. Sort of. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have. Well, it's like. <clears throat> It's it's weird because like, <clears throat> excuse me, th- there is an element of this show that is more of a uh, Patrick Stewart, this is your life kind of thing it is. than it is yeah. a Star Trek show. Yeah, because like you know when he comes back to the Stargazer, he's like, man, it's crazy being back here. I used to command this ship. Where, you know, it's like he's going to see Guinan. Oh, it's so good to see Guinan. Last season, he's going to see Riker. Oh, it's so good to see Riker, which is true. I mean, it's okay, cool. But like, if the only reason you're you're doing this stuff is to do like a a, a look back on this stuff, and and it's tough to really criticize because like <clears throat> the kind of character he is in the show, he is in that position where, <clears throat> excuse me where that makes sense for him to be nostalgic about this stuff mm-hmm. the way that the people who are watching the show are being nostalgic about it because he is at that point in his life. However, I think that only gets you so far. Do you and, think that well would you say that Picard the character is nostalgic in this one because I I think that's kind of my problem is that I would not say he is nostalgic. I feel that he, the character is going back and talking to characters that he knows. But the reason he's doing it is not a kind of, I want to get back to that point of view. It's more, to me, it feels more artificial that these are like, these are characters sure. we know that we can bring in they can, and he can talk to them. But I don't feel that this Picard, as the character is written and performed, 
is actively wishing to go back to what he had. Maybe that was the case in the first season. Here, at least, it seems that he's more just regretful about things Mm. that never came to pass. And it's not that he has a great fondness for the past. He almost... This character would almost consider going back and repeating what he did to be a mistake because he does not mm-hmm. feel that way anymore. And I think that's what's a that's what's um strange about the character to me is because if they're not going to celebrate the character or have him hold on to the remnants of what his past was, I feel that the sorrow he's feeling is overwhelming to a point of it's kind of ignoring how the character was set up as like one of the greatest people in Star Trek history. So like, I I, Mm -hmm. I feel that he should be more celebratory of his past than the kind of moroseness that he finds himself in. And I don't think that the revisiting characters does any attempt to recapture glory. I feel that it's just an excuse to bring back old characters and have them talk to him. And I'm a little bit more cynical about that, I guess. Yeah. I, I guess, I guess what's interesting about it is if you look at, the way they handle Captain Kirk versus the way they handled Picard here. Obviously, Kirk was younger when they were starting to do these stories, but yes. still, it's more or less the same, same kind story. Of thing. Yeah, yeah. Kirk is very much someone who wants to get out from behind a desk, who wants to be to recapture his glory days. He's the one who's go, strolling onto the the bridge of the new Enterprise and barking orders, even though he's not the captain anymore. Yeah. And he has to deal with the fact that he is no longer the captain. I do kind of think it is interesting that they are choosing to go a different way with Picard in that sense, where he's not like, I don't think he, I think, I think with him, it's not coming down to him regretting anything that he has done. But like he says in the episode, regretting the things he had, he didn't do. Yeah. And I do think that's a really interesting take to go with him because he is such a paragon of of Starfleet virtue and he is the you know the a number one uh person you look to as a role model in Starfleet and for him to have fallible moments and fallible feelings where he's like yeah everything I did was great however maybe it wasn't everything yeah is is a is an interesting way to go with him yeah and I I think that the season could change this. I am just sort of concerned about this first little piloty first episode. Oh, of the everything season. that we've talked about for the past fifteen minutes, I don't think is going to come up again. No, <laughs> that's the don't we get have to me recalibrate wrong. ourselves, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, well, I I think that what I will say, like in terms of that, is like one of the biggest positives of this episode is that I understand the structure of the season, I think. Unless they pull the rug out from under me, I understand what mm-hmm. they're trying to do so far in a way that um, Discovery and stuff never really tracked that well. Mm-hmm. I, I suppose I would argue, like, they lay the theme on so thick here that it's a little heavy-handed at points. Like, sure, if you're not sure. getting what they're laying down, you might have something wrong with you, I, I guess. Um, they're extremely unsubtle about it. He has numerous conversations with different characters about the same thing. Yeah, throughout it. Um, And so I understand that they're doing that. And I I think that that's appropriate. And I like the theme and I like the idea that this is what they're going to play with. I like the idea of like this idea of past regrets or not having done the things that maybe you think that you should do and whether or not you can find happiness and stuff like that. They sneak in occasional nice metaphors in the writing about like he 
uh, he's harvesting the grapes in the very start and he likes the end of the season and it matches up with his life, yada, yada, mm-hmm. all that mm-hmm. stuff. I, I think that's all well and good. I, I guess I'm, I, I guess I'm over, I'm done with the sort of Picard angle because that was my major takeaway is whether or not that this show is significantly altering my perspective of Picard in a way that I think undermines the original character. But I, I, I'll take your point. I, I think that what you're saying is fair. It's like if they balanced it a little bit better and not to retread a Kirk thing where he's just actively trying to go back out there and reseize control of everything. But mm-hmm. if, if he didn't just feel like such a, he felt this way in the first season, like such a passive carry on character. Like, yeah, yeah, that's, I think that's the main, the main issue, which I, I watch scenes like the, um, the teaser which I think was actually a pretty weak teaser, like the opening scene that they then just repeat later on and they you don't really change perspective about anything. Oh, Nothing yeah, changes. Yeah. I just think all, that him... All you learn is that the people are not dead. They're right, yeah. They, they're shot not dead. But like him... it's You feel bad, but it's like him trying to like activate the self-destruct sequence. It just feel, He just feels very old, and I know they're going to tie that in, but we'll, we'll see where it goes from that. Um, but yeah, I didn't like the opening teaser because it was one of those things where... They show you it again, and the only thing you learn is what you say, that people aren't dying from being shot by that type of stuff. Um, did you have anything else you want to say about Picard, or you want to move on to something else bigger about the episode? Um, I think we can probably move on. I, he, I think that... Um, I think that would what would be interesting that would make this story work for me in a satisfying way based on the stuff that we've been talking about and the way that he's presented is if the end of the story, and maybe this is where they're going, I don't know, is him kind of realizing that the two thing, the two versions of himself can coexist. Yeah. Like he doesn't have to regret things. Um, it's going to be you know, about like, a living in the moment thing. I think he's going to realize yeah. that the present. It's like a very stoic philosophy. It's like he he can't look back on his past. It's about what he can do now. Oh yeah, I mean they say what's the 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 one line that he he used before in a show more or less because I actually cribbed it for a wedding speech once, <laughs> which is uh, you know uh, live now because f- the seize the day live now because yes. this time will never come again that yep. stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that seems to be probably where it's going to end up, but I I I think that there will there you can get a satisfying resolution out of the character arc for him if he does come to is it's not if it's not quite seize the day, but it, or if, I should say if it's not just that, but it's this understanding that while regret is natural, you don't have to throw away your opinions of your life just because you didn't do one thing right you know, you you did so many other things so many that, other things for this character yeah so many other things i mean the, uh, countless number of things yeah um but you know so we'll, we'll see where it goes yeah and it, i was thinking if you know this might have worked better for me just a complete brain exercise i was replacing laris with beverly crusher and wondering how i would have felt about yeah. that you know, yeah. I'm I'm a little bit surprised that they didn't go that route. Honestly, uh, well, to be <clears throat> who knows when the last time they saw each other was. He seems to have been living with Laris for like I don't know, twenty five years, <laughs> probably, probably more than that. Just 
looking longingly, waiting for that other guy to drop dead because <laughs> he knows because he knows how the Romulans work. He does. And after that first love dies, oh baby. <laughs> yep, it's intense. They have to carry the flame. They are the torch Klingon torchbearer in the sack. That's the way this <laughs> whole series works. Um, we can briefly touch on all the other characters, I guess, but. My main takeaway from the other characters was they all have a clunky scene of exposition where they explain what they're doing and who they are, basically, and then they mm-hmm. reconnect with each other. Incredi- like They reconnect with each other in a way that makes you think that when you're doing the first season, it was a mistake to sort of separate them in any way. You know, Maybe they mm-hmm. don't even separate them, but it feels like the, it, the beginning first half of this episode feels in a lot of ways like an unnecessary reunion. When they should all be together in the first well, place. I know what you're saying, but at the same time, they have chosen to basically have the time passed since we last saw them be the literal time that has passed since yep. we last saw them. Yes. And so <clears throat> it's been two years. Correct. And it's like it has been a long time since we have watched this show. And I, I don't, you know, I, I am not surprised that Picard is not still out there doing stuff in space. Um, I really appreciated knowing that Allison Pill was not in jail and why she was not in jail. Yeah, she lets, you, I, she lets you know. Yeah, I remember I, 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 they kind of make it pretty explicit that she murders a guy. Yep. At least at least one. She got off on um, a technicality. They gave her criminal yeah, insanity guess, yeah. or something. Controlled by an alien mind or something like that. I forgot so much about this show that when the first scene with Seven on the ship when she's fighting those pirates over the the medical supplies when the hologram captain guy shows up i couldn't remember if every version of him was a hologram right, like yeah, in the back yeah. of my head i was like was was every version a hologram cuz there a real guy I, you mean was there ever yeah, a real guy yeah was there ever a real guy cuz i feel like we talked about that and we were like that would have been better if they did that <laughs> <laughs> would have been more interesting um so I, I I couldn't remember what the deal with that was. So to see him as a captain on a on a, a, a Starfleet ship was like I, I there was some of these um, catch ups I enjoyed uh, because I I was kind of curious to see how they were going to do it. I liked the uh, absolute candor guy being the first Romulan in Starfleet. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. That was fun that they they pushed that forward. Uh, Raffi, no fucking idea. I, she didn't really she didn't have much of a character to me in the first season seems like not much has changed so far in this season she broke up with seven i guess and somehow got back into starfleet you know like i i what i think is what i think is unnecessary about it is that so many the first season ends with picard like pointing at the view screen and saying like let's see what's out there you know and then apparently everyone has gone back to their old ways but a lot of it feels forced to me like Raffi being back in Starfleet feels wrong I don't think that she should be really uh, because of how the first season ended and stuff like that and can you rem- can you remind me why that would be why well, you feel I, that way because I don't remember what she does she was booted along with Picard right for some yeah. reason and it just feels like well they, they she w- she gets fired I do remember she gets fired because Picard goes in there and gives the speech that we don't see right yes uh, to the council and he gets fired, and she gets fired along with him because of what he said. Yeah, I, I don't remember why 
that like what she had done. I think I think if they're they were just punishing to, her for being alongside him or something. Yeah. But, so like I I have less of a problem with that than I do with Rios being a captain. Yeah, he seems strange. I that one I I mean he's like a pirate. I didn't realize you yeah. could just. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 as strange to me as when uh, Han Solo shows up in Empire Strikes Back and all of a sudden he's a general in the right. army. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, all right, I guess Battlefield Commission, I guess. Change of career, I guess. I thought Seven was appropriate. Elnor makes yeah. sense to me and stuff like that. Um, uh, though the one, uh, the girl from the, the first season, the robot girl. Yeah. Um, until I saw her in the, the teaser for, for what's coming, I 100% thought that her scene was just them writing her out of the show. I, w- it seemed I, like, I would have thought so, it, yeah. Yeah, it seemed like she was like, well, I guess I'm staying here to be an ambassador while you go back to the stars. It's a, <laughs> that's another, that scene was a good example of modern meeting old in a kind of clunky way where she, she has a line, she's like, you told me to take away your communicator so you didn't drunk hail that guy. It's like, wow, that's awful yeah. dialogue for this series. That's terrible. Yeah, that's uh, that's borderline, what the hell were we just talking about in Voyager, the confection bar? Yes. <laughs> that's the same kind of stuff. I hate that stuff. It's just, it, it's like modernizing stuff in this weird, weird way. Um, I don't think I like the Girardi character really at all. That's, that's a character that feels is in every single modern TV show. It's the person with like a drinking problem who is emotionally unstable and stuff like that. Well, they had to, they had to pass it off because uh, Raffi had the drinking problem in season one. Oh, that's right. She so was now, on the crack pipe too. Yeah. Now Allison pill has the drinking problem. I guess. Yeah. Although who's to say she might have a problem. She was just at a party. She was feeling bad about herself. She had some drinks. Yeah. You never know. It just had to loosen up and give us a little bit of Sober, exposition. Sobered up real quick. Yes. <laughs> it's synth hall. That's what you can do. You just take the pill. Um, literally for her, that's appropriate. Um, so I guess there's not much to say about the characters really at this point, but what did you think of the plot overall that gets everything going? Um, I mentioned on a technical level, I think that this script is pretty clunky. A lot of the scenes are jarring to me no more than when the, the scene that, uh, Picard meets Guinan immediately cuts to him back home and the admiral coming in and saying, we have a mission for you, which he accepts, which I thought was bizarre in how that was based. But yeah, it, yeah, it's, I thought it was clunky getting to the end and it felt like all of the first 40 minutes were set up to get to the stargazer, which is confronting this sound that's coming out of this portal. Um, do we want to talk about that at that point? Or do you have anything, any thoughts about the earlier stuff before they got to that? Um, no. Yeah. Th- I guess that's well. The one thing to bring up, I guess, that we haven't talked about is the uh, the the new uh, secret history of Jean Luc Picard that we're getting. That apparently his mother was possibly abused and killed by her father, his father, or something. Yes, he's got this weird family history. Why is that, why, sorry? Uh, this was mentioned on the Discord. Is there something that I missed about why it's implied the father did something? It. When when they have that scene when they're in the uh the that like conservatory uh, thing yeah yeah uh, and she's trying to tell him oh you know you'll like it here blah 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 he says are you guys gonna fight here oh and she kind of gets quiet and goes well I mean I don't know but if we if you do find that we're yelling at each other just call the cops look <laughs> look, look look to the sky and wish you were literally anywhere else. <laughs> Um, that's good. Sorry to interrupt, but you had mentioned that sometimes this show feels like it's a 
uh, nostalgic version for Patrick Stewart over Picard. Mm-hmm. P- uh, there's Patrick Stewart famously is a child of a domestically violent household. Um, really? Yeah. Oh, I think so, I did know that. Yes. So this to me is one example of what you were saying there. I don't know if you were implying towards that, but this feels like it's ripped from Patrick Stewart's life as opposed to Picard's life. Yeah, it very well might be. And, um, interesting choice if that's the case. I mean, well, interesting choice regardless. Like, it, I don't know. There's just, it's, it's clearly in here for a specific reason. Cause you know, they pull the, uh, the Martha card on him later on in the Stargazer when the Borg Queen or whatever that thing is yeah. use, uses the line his mother says to him about looking up into the sky or whatever. Thoughts here. This It can't possibly be his mother as the Borg Queen, right? This is not possible because we see the Borg Queen later, and that would be awful if that's the case. Uh, yes, it would be awful. The fact that they don't show the Borg Queen's face makes me wonder if they are <laughs> going to do that. Yeah. Uh, we do see the boy queen's face in the trailer for the season. No, well, what I mean is everybody's assuming that's the boy queen on the ship, on the stargazer. On the ship, yes, yes. Yeah. but you don't see the person behind that weird mask, so it could be literally anybody. She never announces that they're Borg. They never make the we are Borg statement. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And they show up in a giant vagina That's ship, right. So it's, I mean, it's, once you start putting a bunch of shit around that, you just you're going to end up with that thing. I, they could be Time travel shenanigans could just have Borg tech on his mother, right? You know? Yeah. This is yeah. awful. I'm, I'm really hoping this doesn't happen, but... I, yeah, I really hope that's not the case. Um, in, in some ways, it would tie into, though, just the, the stargazer scene is a good example to me of modern Trek's trope of... Um, modern Trek writing tends to introduce a concept but only to enable the next plot sequence that happens in something. So when he gets on the Stargazer, he's like, oh, nice ship. And they go, yeah, you know, this is one of the new ships that we make out of Borg shit. Nothing will go wrong there. And then the Borg Queen takes over the ship. And it's like, well, is this only done so that they can enable this? Or is this actually going to feed into further down the line, the ship technology is a kind of precursor of Picard's mother becoming Borgified. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I actually thought that was a really interesting plot element, like a really interesting Star Trek element to throw in there to move everything forward is that they are Starfleet has decimated the Borg to the point that they can comfortably use Borg technology in their ships. Yeah. That's wild. Um, did, did you like that I don't know. scene in the ready room where they talk about it? Because I thought that was maybe the worst sequence of writing in the show in terms of like a larger um, universe thing where Girardi and Picard are like, hey, maybe we can be friends with the Borg. And, and Seven is mm-hmm. like, what the fuck are you people talking well, about? I, I didn't understand that really. I, I, I didn't hate the concept of that scene because based on the way Picard his feeling towards the Borg from the last season, it feels in line where he seems to be of the, well, I guess he's not, he doesn't feel that way about like the Borg Borg. I guess it's just the people who, well, no, I guess all the Borg are the people who were turned into the Borg. So. Yeah. But he's come to terms with that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I think he's, his point of view on the Borg seems to be, um, uh, rehabilitation, not punishment kind of. Yeah. But I, I think he seems so unskeptical. Like, he's just like, yeah, we should have people That's come the over. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's still the fucking Borg. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <there's>, 
Like who can who if I know he hasn't seen the vagina ship before. <laughs> so if they showed up in a in an old school cube, I'd say all right, maybe we talk to these guys. They seem pretty retro. Maybe, you know, whatever. Right. But you show up in the giant Georgia O'Keefe ship. <laughs> Monologuing gotta, about something. Yeah. <laughs> you got to start asking questions. <laughs> I thought I thought that was just a tremendous either misunderstanding of the Borg or a strange writing decision to have that be yeah. like I don't it's kind of it's it's just like well you know it's I I don't mind the shift in in his approach in concept but it makes me think of again drawing parallels with stuff they've done with Captain Kirk they threw three movies had this running undercurrent that Kirk is like straight up racist against Klingons because they killed his son. Yep. And he has to reckon with that and he will work with Klingons, but he doesn't fucking like them. Yeah. And he has, he understands what the larger picture is, but just because the picture is larger doesn't mean he has to fucking trust the Klingons. Right. Implicitly. So I wish that they had gone that way a little bit where it's like, Picard is the optimist here, but yeah, there is a little bit of, you know, hesitation. Yeah, um, be the seven. I character. totally understand being like you guys are fucking out of your mind. No, seven sevens is the logical outlook, I think, and I could even understand Girardi being like kind of an optimist scientist, naive person who's like maybe we can be friends with the killer robots that want to turn us into zombies. But Picard- seven, seven. When you were a Borg again for thirty five <laughs> seconds last season, did you happen to? Design any new ships <laughs> with a certain theme. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just can't stop looking at this ship. <laughs> this so so erotic. I I thought I I just didn't like that scene. It felt like one of the few sequences where the plot was kind of talking about a um a Star Trek thing, but it, it felt to me. It, in a way that I feel like Picard has been changed in this new series, it felt like a fundamental change to the Borg that I was like, this just mm-hmm. doesn't jive with how these people should be treating these guys. Well, there's, like, there's a lot of like dumbness to maneuver these pieces into the position they need to be in, like mm-hmm. across the board. Yeah. Um, the, I, getting a mysterious call from an, an anomaly that says bring us captain picard they bring them captain <laughs> they picard bring him over there. <laughs> and then the anomaly basically goes gotcha <laughs> <laughs> it's true they're pretty they're pretty optimistic maybe starfleet is just infected with an optimism after the uh, the android wars or whatever yeah that's a good point that he's pr- particularly I, I liked the 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 idea there of like they're like it's a space time alien that wants to join the Federation. It's like oh that's kind of a neat thing that could happen. Yeah. Well, you know, what? I'll I'll be honest. What I thought was going to happen because I knew that the Borg were involved and I knew that Q was involved. When they got the distress signal <clears throat> that they said was like from a billion different languages or whatever, and from this uh, temporal, transdimensional anomaly yeah. being or whatever, I thought because I'm a narcissist. Um, do you remember a long time ago when we were talking about, uh, I was working with Sean, we were possibly going to pitch a Star Trek comic. Yes. The idea that I had come up with to get Picard back into the game was that Q shows up and tells Picard that the Borg are, are similar, are trying to assimilate the Q continuum. 
Right. Which doesn't make a lick of fucking sex sense, but who cares? <laughs> Borg ship. I, uh, yeah. So for a second, I was like, holy shit, are they going to do this? Yes. It's, this it's, is Q's it's, attempt to save the day is to like send them back in time or something like that. Right. Because like I could see, yeah, Q, if that was the case, if they send out a distress signal, who is he going to send it to? He's going to send it to Picard. Um, I'm actually pretty interested to see what the deal is with this because i think um it seems pretty clear that whatever is happening is a case of people just not talking to each other and it seems like the borg might actually legitimately want to join the federation or something yes because that sequence with the the dr octopus arms and stuff um if they had just talked to each other for a few minutes i think they could have avoided a whole lot of misunderstanding yeah time travel is not necessary at that point yeah, but I will, I'm actually curious to see what's going on there. But even there, it seems like, yeah, it's a lot of maneuvering and people not asking the right questions and, and kind of making dumb decisions yeah. to get to this point. So I'm, I'm willing to sit back and be like, okay, let's see what happens. But uh, just, just to circle back, that can't, if they get to the end of the season and that thing turns out to be his mother – they literally did that two seasons ago on Discovery. You, yeah. They can't do the same thing, can they? Well, do you remember before Picard started, Patrick Stewart, in the first season, Patrick Stewart gave an interview. He's like, I agreed to come back as long as we don't do any Borg stories. <laughs> no, like, I was thinking about that the whole time. <laughs> it's just like either Stewart was lying or just making up like what this what the actual meeting was like patrick we'll give you 10 million dollars if you do this and he said okay like no questions asked Mm -hmm. and he didn't want to he didn't want to come across that way but it's another like on a more fundamental level to what the story that they're choosing here this is another borg story and it's also basically a mirror universe story yeah you know jesus it's like yep they're just retreading this stuff it's not I understand it's not really the mirror universe because it seems to be more like something changed in the past that caused real history to change in the future. But yeah, it's more idea- of a yesterday's enterprise. Kind yeah, of thing. the idea is the same. It's still an alternate fucked up universe that they're going into right. and stuff like that. So that's my problem there. We'll see about whether or not the Borg are the Borg. My guess at this point is that the Borg, the real Borg, as they say in the trailer for the season, are trying to do something in the past, which is in 2024, because it's just going to be CSI Picard in the in a couple yeah. episodes. And I think they have to stop them there, and then that will cause some sort of time travel shenanigans, and then Q will be the, the enabler of that kind of thing. But uh, outside of that, Borg stuff, we talked about it. Um, he goes some pa- oh, the... Um, just the final sequence with Q is he's in he's mm. briefly in the past and it's a totalitarian nightmare as they say in the the trailer. Uh, he meets Q. Q has a couple lines. I thought it was fine, but there's nothing really to say there except that I like Delancey's performance as Q. Did you have anything to, to say? I thought the de aging looked great. Yeah, on him they did it quick and at a distance yeah. and it looked fine. Yep. Yeah, really, uh, really good. Well, in, con- um, in contrast to Guinan, right? Guinan's reason for why she looks older was a terrible reason, but Q's here it works. He's like, "Oh, you're right. old now. I'll make myself old too." Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's funny when they do that stuff because it's really a question of of do you address it or do you not address it? Like there was a, uh, uh, I, I probably mentioned this somewhere along the line there, years ago <clears throat> when David Tennant was Doctor Who. <clears throat> excuse me, the Doctor. Um, they did like a special 
thing for a charity or whatever where it was a, a him meeting one of the older doctors and it was you know 25 years after that guy had been the doctor so he looked 25 years older yes and they they had they you either talk about it or you don't and they chose to come up with some weird timey-wimey reason why he looks 25 years older because he was in like a different universe and like the polarity of blah 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 and it's <clears throat> i always think it's interesting when they choose to to address it because it's like if you don't address it nobody's going to say anything mm-hmm. You know, I mean, with it. the exception of maybe data, data you might need to address. <laughs> but like if Whoopi Goldberg just nobody remembers how much older you look unless you point it out. Like, yeah, yeah. If you watch uh, unless you are an unaging android, uh, no one's going to I like if I if I watch this episode without even without nobody mentioned that guy name was older i wouldn't even have thought about that oh yeah she looks like she's like 30 years older than she was before obviously she is yeah but it's like you don't really recognize the contrast unless you see it unless somebody brings it up or you see it right next to each other like even picard i mean picard it's tougher with picard because he is just like his voice sounds older, his movements are older, but just in the face, he's looked the same since like nineteen eighty one. Yeah, he he looks the same. He just he acts older. I I think the whoopee thing is that, or the Guinan thing is, I really hated their justification. She's like, I just chose to get older, right? Because I think right, yeah. a better way is like, you know, if, if Picard comes in, and he's like, he says something like Elorians. He's like, I thought you people lived for a long time. Her response just has to be. We do, but we still get old. You know, there's yeah, like yeah. that more thematically matches the point, I think, is that right, like right. Guinan's been alive for a long time, but she will eventually look older because they will age as a person. I, I don't know. It's I mean, clunky. Look at look at Highlander. Christopher <laughs> Lambert. Christopher <laughs> Lambert played the immortal uh, uh, Connor McLeod in 1985 when he was like in his early 30s mm-hmm. and the last time he played the character was in the early 2000s and he looked terrible <laughs> awful <laughs> but you know what i didn't care because nobody mentioned it the right. fact that he's 25 30 years older than he was before you don't notice it unless somebody brings it up final thoughts about this one the teaser they did the thing that they always do in the modern shows they have a trailer for the rest of the season mm-hmm. uh thoughts about that um <clears throat> it didn't really do anything for me. I, I, there was nothing in that specifically that I found uh, intriguing, except maybe the Borg stuff, honestly, because I don't know what the deal is with that because yeah. it seemed like the Borg queen is somehow um, in like imprisoned or something. I, don't yeah. know, I couldn't really get a read on it. That seemed kind of interesting. Um, I think the CSI Picard stuff is going to be awful. I do not have high hopes for that stuff. No, I I thought the I thought the teaser was actually I was intrigued at the end of the episode, and the teaser made me less enthusiastic for the season. I'm still kind of interested, but I it looks like incredibly well worn territory, really. Like, and I think that comes down to it's another time travel mirror universe Borg storyline, and I didn't like the CSI Picard type stuff. It looks like there's like a like a uh, air, not uh, con air. Like Rios is in a, like a prison van <laughs> sequence stuff, and I, I'm not a big. I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah, I, I'm the the only thing. The thing that I'm most interested in is how the Borg are going to tie into it, 
and how the writers are going to choose to make this not just another mirror universe story that they're going mm-hmm. into. Because I think that's what will really make or break the season is if this is just a repeat of everything I've seen or if they somehow thematically and interestingly tie this into Picard as a character is set up here in this episode, we'll, we'll see. But um, totalitarian like the- nightmare doesn't do it for me, really, I don't think. Yeah. <clears throat> Talk about like, I mean... <sighs> there's think about the 30 something years of star trek where it was on tv and how many different things they did week to week to week and now think about the the last four seasons or five seasons of star trek television since they brought it back with discovery and how many things they've just used over and over again yeah Mirror Universe. Where, Every season mirror has universe. Mirror Universe. Oh, my God. Give it a fucking rest, they, they guys. Used to, they used to have other aliens represent Mirror Universes of things, you know? But now it's just, no, we go into yeah. another universe where everything's a little bit weirder. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been watching the newest season of Discovery. I don't know what they're doing there, if if they've managed to do anything new. But it's just, it's just so much. Star Trek, of all the things, you would think has the the biggest potential to just do something new and like move things forward tell different stories even even when it doesn't really work i think when they try to do that it's better than if they just rehash stuff like i was watching not too long i was watching um star trek five i kind of don't care that that movie sucks because like (laughs) the story they're telling is really kind (laughs) of unique yeah um i mean you know it's even there they're going back to the original series trope of like the 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 god being or whatever yes. but it's like i don't know it's there's something kind of charming about it it's a story that they haven't told in the movies yet um they they don't rehash for all six of those original series movies they don't rehash any stories really yep um and now it's just like you know you got the mirror universe you got uh borg. the borg keep showing up you got uh, in Discovery. You got the 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 old stuff keeps coming back. I don't know. It's I, I, think, I would just I just would like to see them do something new instead. Like, can you if you do three seasons of Picard? Can you really do three seasons of Picard looking back on his life and doing stuff again? Running into the Borg as he's reminiscing right. about things. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean. It's not that I'm against the Borg either, really, but as you say, it's It's two for two so far. And I think that the problem is that, at least in the first season, the Borg were weirdly just tangential to things. Like, there was yeah. no reason for the Borg to be in that series. The Romulans working on the cube didn't mean anything by the end right. of it. They didn't gain anything. The Borg didn't reactivate or anything to pose a threat. So it felt like it's just a another South Park member berry thing stuck in there mm-hmm. and it's like this well if you my point would be if you're going to do it why not explore the borg in some way yeah i think the borg are pretty much done and i wouldn't really recommend it but at least make a focus of it or something but they're, they're not gonna yeah, do it I, here i think in season one it was almost really good world building <clears throat> like i think that concept that they had there about them like strip mining the board cube and yeah. rehabilitation stuff i thought i thought that stuff in concept was all really interesting yes and probably would have served the story better to just have stayed a background like world building element <clears throat> especially 
if you think about this season, then it would it would it would make it seem more of a piece if you kind of did that stuff kind of on the side in the first season, and now you're kind of shifting the Borg a little bit more, right? Just uh, to the ship and tech and stuff like that. Like the the I understand that the outcome of mining the cube in the first season has led to these ships in this right. second season, yeah. but I don't know if it's going to lead to anything more than the Borg Queen gets to control us for ninety seconds. You know, right? If that's yeah. the whole reason you did it, it's whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's uh, it, that that bit about the Borg tech in the ships reminded me of that throwaway line in the first episode of Voyager when they're like, "Yeah, it has this new binaural circuitry that's never yep. been seen in a ship before." Great, yep. that never comes up again. It's going to be super <laughs> fancy, super fast. So, final thoughts about this one? I thought this was a, a decent like C plus of an episode. Um, yeah. I did not hate it. I thought that it had some modern Trek problems. It has some things that I'm concerned about if the show doesn't start touching on these themes and whether or not it wants to do something. And I'm a little concerned that we're retreading the same ground that we've seen a million times since then. But as an episode itself, I actually enjoyed watching it somewhat. Like I, I wouldn't say yeah. it blew my socks off, but I did not have a problem actively watching it. So that's, that's a positive first step for this season. Speaking of themes, is the, the theme music different? Yes. It is. Okay, because I was watching those credits, and I was like, I do not recognize this music at all. I think it's a little... It still has the same motif running through it, but I think it's a different arrangement for it, oh, I think. Interesting. Pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, overall, I would agree with you. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Um, it got me... I'm trying to think about this if it was not picard would this be enough to hook me for a season of star trek no <laughs> i don't think it is i don't think it would if this you mean if this was generic non-star trek show no no like let's say this was star trek discovery or something okay sure. where it's like it's not the linchpin is not you know this is a, a beloved character from 30 years ago that they're doing stuff with so again. it's still the borg and everything yeah okay yeah like the same same it's same franchise same story it's just like new characters or like if it's the second season of discovery and they're doing this versus the f- second season of Picard. Right. right. Um, mm, probably not I don't really know. Probably not. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think at this point, while it's not terrible, most of my interest is kind of, uh, hanging on the fact that it is Picard and it is Q and et cetera, et cetera. Yep. So, that's what's pushed uh, this series over Discovery for me and my power rankings anyway. It's just that fact that <laughs> Patrick Stewart's there and uh, some occasionally other characters who are in it. Mm-hmm. I have high hopes for Delancey. I think he can be good in this. I think that he can be a, a good character. I, I'll be very interested to see how much he shows up. He seems, like, he seems possibly too evil is my only thing so far. Yeah, he. they did that thing with him where it's like right away he hits all the bases of like catchphrases and shit. <laughs> Mo Capitan. <laughs> yeah, Mo Capitan. And then he's like, don't you remember? The trial never ends. Like that, I don't even think that is <laughs> makes sense in this situation. Like <laughs> I don't know. It it didn't seem it didn't seem as tidy as when the, he used it in the show before. Yeah. Um, he seemed a little bit more like he, he didn't seem as playful as the Q I yes. remember. And the thing that mostly concerned me is there's a line in the teaser trailer for the season where he goes like, he's like, this isn't punishment. It's your penance. It's like, what the right. fuck? Like this feels, yeah. this is not the right thing to say. I don't think. 
Yeah. Because we'll Q be, is always uh, sorry to interrupt, but before we no, wrap no, no. up, just Q is always kind of indifferent to the trial of humanity. You know, right. like yeah, that's the so thing. It's a curiosity. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it'll, uh, I'm curious how much he shows up. He does definitely seem like he's got more of a of an angry edge to him. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe maybe uh, maybe in he's the king in the in this new timeline. <laughs> I don't know. That'd be fun. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. That's it. For maybe the first. he's mad because the Q continuum got borgified. Borgified. So now Picard has to go back in time. Make sure it doesn't. I don't fucking know. The Borg T-shirt is. It is. We assimilated is a, the Q, and all we got was this fancy helmet. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of as far as like time travel stories go. It is kind of weird because you've got they're in the the present day, which is in this case the future, and then something happens, and it rockets them into a secondary timeline, and right. then from of the that same time. point of yeah. the same time, yeah. yes, the same era. And from that point, they have to go back in time to change something. Yes. It's so they're already in the alternate stream when they have to go back and jump into time to fix things. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like if the beginning of Back to the Future Part 2 is Marty McFly waking up in the alternate version of 1985. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems it seems strange. It's a, a lot of steps. Thing, but, it's a lot of steps. To I get mean, to God willing, thing. God willing, the time travel's like three episodes and they clear that up really quick and get back to the future. Yeah, I mean, because they do, well, what because they can't spend the entire time in L.A. because there are a lot of ship shots in the teaser. So the, mm-hmm. the, the, it probably they probably only go to L.A. for an episode or two, I would think. I love that, too, yeah. that whenever they announce that they have to go to the place that'll save us the most money, which is L.A. current day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that works. That's fine. Uh, well, we didn't even mention the the star. What do you think of the Stargazer design? It's good. It, it looks like a Star Trek ship because it is. It does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah thank it, God. I didn't get. Is it a new ship or is it a, a refit of the original Stargazer? Um, it sounded like it was a refit uh, based on what Picard was saying, but I don't. I don't know what the Stargazer looks like. The original version. Yeah, it looks exactly like that. I just didn't know oh, if they does? had made a new ship. I guess it would have been. It would be a refit because otherwise it would just be a new kind of ship. Yeah. Has it always had four yes. cells? Yeah. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yep. Uh, I noticed um, the the wide shot where all the ships show up was uh, they used they had more than one ship model this season, which was nice. oh extra cash. That's that's how that that's how that I, works. Well, it's funny, but I was looking. I was like, how many of these did they redesign, and how many are they just far away enough that you can't tell that they use the old ships? Yeah. Because uh, Raffi's the 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 commander on the Excelsior. Yes, the new Excelsior. And so I was, yeah. yeah, I was looking around, and and, and one of them there. looked like the. It, well, there was a ship there that looked like the Excelsior, but it looked like the old Excelsior. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they they touched it up or not, or if they were just like, eh, just you know, make a nice model of it, and right. people won't care. Yeah, well, interesting. Yeah, we'll we'll see. It's another one of the modern Star Trek of a whole bunch of ships show up and we don't see anything of it. It just it just ends, and that's the they case. didn't even yeah they didn't even like cut to other captains or something. They no. all just show up. Yep, because they don't have. They can't get five interns to put on uh, Starfleet <laughs> uniforms and pretend to be captains for a day. That's my dream. All right, I guess we're done. We'll be back next week with the next episode of Star Trek Picard, which is episode two. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody, for supporting the show. Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I thought that this was a, a good episode. I'm going to enjoy this. 
Well, I haven't watched Discovery, so I'm hoping I enjoy the second season of Picard, even if it's not very good. But I, I think there there's certainly going to be things to talk about, it seems like. Yeah. Well, you know, while we have Paramount Plus up, I might dip in on Discovery, mm. maybe watch an episode or two. Yeah, put it on I the say background. That now. Yeah, maybe I'll put it on while I'm working or something. I don't know. We'll see. You can chime in and let us know if you have it on in the background what you thought about it by the end of the season. <laughs> is it over now or is it wrapping up? I think it's wrapping up. Oh, I don't know, actually. I think it's towards the end of its season. All right, guys, thanks very much. Let us know what you thought about it. Join the Discord if you want to talk about it over there. And otherwise, thanks for supporting the show. Very generous of you. And we'll be back next week with the next episode. So see ya.